meeting last night. I had to drop Deb in the airport, so I called my friend up, you know, who lives here. They asked, told, asked some words at the meeting at a certain time. So he told me to go to 36 in Tarawal, because it's on the way home, so from the airport. So I did. So the people were about, it was, on, it was a tradition meeting. <laughs> tradition 11, usually not the greatest events, but whatever, I was there. And a guy who comes to the talks was there, and another guy. And uh, about three people shared about how much, you know, they came in and everyone was just like them, you know? That's what they found out. They thought like they did, they felt like they did, they, they did the same things, yeah? And then another person says the same thing, basically. And they're just at the point, you know, where how there could be like a leap from that recognizing everyone's exactly like me to realize none of us are, yeah? In other words, if everyone has, if you have my thoughts, they can't be mine, yeah? The whole idea of mine is like I'm a proprietor of or, <laughs> or a doer of, and therefore how could you be doing my thoughts or my feelings and my reactions? But very rarely, people will go right there, but they don't make that click they go back into the sense of being self still, you know? Like, so there's all this evidence, and it's just ready. It's like the bonfire is ready to be lit. And then the match is right there. They've recognized, man, everyone's just like me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hence, they're not. And you're not. Yeah? That's what happened with me. It was I listened for a few months, and then it came to, I could only come to two conclusions. How do these people get my thoughts, you know, and my feelings and my reactions to life? And or they're not mine. Yeah? And then as soon as I realized they weren't mine, then the possibility that the alcoholism was a foreign installment became quite evident and quite obvious. And that's where the radical relief started to come from for me. Because I was trying to be free as the self not from it, yeah. And it's the act of being identified, yeah. We're identified with a process that we think is unique and we, we crown it me, but it's really a run-of-the-mill alcoholic programming, basically, yeah? That was, sort of became the dominant theme of the self-centeredness, where, where everyone here is formatted with the self-centeredness, yes? Everyone. And yet we have an alcoholism, like a parasite, that's affixed to the self-centeredness, so it amplifies the selfing in a certain way. And it's easily recognized if you go into a group of people who have suffered the consequences or the tyranny of that occupation, and in 1935 a miraculous thing happened, AA was set up, and then there was meetings being held for people who had been occupied by the same parasite. And then what would happen? The parasite's characteristics and tendencies would be revealed by our sharing our tendencies and our reactions to life because they're not ours. Yeah? There would be a, a recognition of the, of the real problem and therefore the possibility of an incredible solution would just dawn on us. Yeah? You would think. You would think by hearing enough people, I mean, I came in with a very thick terminal uniqueness, and it was, it was broken through, because 
what we do at, when we get to a meeting, people share their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions to life, basically. And <laughs> you, be, you become identified with that, yes? You, come, become a, you identify as an alcoholic, you recognize from listening to other people share that that feeling of terminally meekness was a production. It wasn't really the case because it's a run-of-the-mill condition that many people have. Yeah, you recognize that, but there's still not the recognition. What does that lead to? If if what I've been calling me ain't me, is there a me? Maybe you know. Instead of all right. What I've been calling me, found out that it's an alcoholic like everyone else, but I'm still me. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? To me, is still there. I'm totally separate from you, even though I think like you, I feel like you, and I act out like you. But still, there's like this invisible wall that goes up, and, ha- and it can prevent any sort of knowledge, really, breaking through. You'll be sitting with someone right next to you and being totally identified with them. But like I, what happened to me, I, it dawned on me that I'm not identified with who you are, but what's taking you over. Because the same parasitical movement took me over, and I lived under tyranny for it, and under it, and you've lived under tyranny to a certain extent. And when you share what it was like to sort of live in East... East Europe, when the Berlin Wall was on, I can mean I, I get. Oh, I'm an East European. I live behind the Berlin Wall. I understand exactly what you're saying, but it stops there. It's not. It's not allowed to go just a little bit farther. If these aren't my yours, if these aren't my thoughts, and they're not your thoughts, yeah, then whose thoughts are they? Yeah. Maybe I'm not the producer of the thoughts. Maybe I'm not the thinker of the thoughts. Maybe the sense of being the thinker of the thoughts is produced by that faulty thought system. It produces the sense of being the doer of this activity of thinking. And it may produce the sense of the the feeling of being the doer when an action that the parasite initiates passes through the apparatus the apparatus will say, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. Yet, we have a statement in recovery, in recovery in the book, first step, powerless over alcohol. Powerless over it. What does that mean? Well, in my intimate experience, if I drank or used, I was apt to do anything. I may just be sitting at home you know, thinking I'm going to jo- you know, go to college, sign up for college in like that next morning, and if I have a beer, <laughs> there goes college. I'm fucking, who knows? I go out and think I want to go shoot some pool, maybe dance, meet a girl, and then I go to 850 Bryant Police Station, and I'm amazed what happened, and I do the exact same thing two nights later, the same thing happens. And I still don't fucking figure it out. We must be in some incredible spell because we, we tout ourselves as being so conscious, but we seem to be quite unconscious to the exact nature of what's going on, which is an occupation or a takeover by a mental parasite. It's not a bug. It doesn't have a body. It's, all, it's a purely mental idea or a mental thing. Not, it can't be a thing, but it's a mental movement that captures us 
and some of its fuel, what it likes to have to keep its freaking parade going is alcohol and drugs, so it motivates the host to go out and get loaded against all evidence that would be an insane idea to do that. It will override all of that and do it again, and over and over and over again. And we still don't recognize it. We still keep calling, I am me, and I have alcoholism. No, the me is the real root of the problem, and the alcoholism, that's like a landing pad. Selfing, self-centeredness is like a, la- a giant tarmac for the parasite of alcoholism to land on. It's not like it can just, it can like, doesn't even have to have any capital to zoom. It's going, there's so much to land on, because we're obsessed with selves to begin with, it can just affix anywhere. <laughs> if you get close to you, you call it you. You know what I mean? So this this idea, this sense of me is a very stubborn, stubborn, stubborn idea. Yeah? When a large amount of relief is available, if you could break through that trance, at least concerning the disease of alcoholism, it's still super difficult for most of us to break through it. They'll, it'll just keep stubbornly, no matter how much evidence I, that's shown to me that I'm a Ford amongst Fords, I still think I'm a special Ford, like a McLaren-type Ford. You know, he made a special with a Cobra engine in the, in the Pinto Ford. No, you run like a Ford, you drive like it, you smell, you turn like a Ford, you're a fucking Ford. That's great news, because if you're that, if you totally get that you're that, you're not that. Yeah. You're not a Ford. If you let all the Fordness go, that, and not think that you're this pristine thing that just so happens to have a drinking problem, you let all of it land on you completely, it reveals it's not you. Yeah. The more you try to make it unreal, the realer it is. But when you finally admit, all right, it's like there's this, uh, there's a thing, a Sufi, you never hear of Sufi? It's like a mystical aspect of, of uh, Islam, yeah? And the Sufis were very, they had some great poets, you know, there's like uh, Rumi and Hafiz, you know, some incredible poetry, very, very clear pointing. And they also had, they, they produced this thing called the Enneagram, which would be able to sort of break down all the types of personalities that can appear in all these human forms into like nine basic types, yes? So let's say if we made it as, it would be an alcoholic, drug addict, heroin user, you know, like it would be breaking down like that. So here's all these fucking junkies, but we'll break it down to their little subdivision. Yeah. So here's nine, and then they said, and the, each character, main characteristic, could have two sort of sides. Yeah. So they turn out to be like 27 diagrams of how everyone is, is in the world. And so they would teach this, so people would come in with the sense of being so unique, and they could say, well, no, you're like a seven. They had the numbers, you know what I mean? You're like a four. And then you're, you've got a little bit of a twist, like, and you say, like, call it a six, and you're a little twisted around five. So now, you're a four. So everyone goes, oh, I finally found out what I am. I'm a four. But finding all that information out is about realizing you are not the four. In other words, what you were calling you was the four. And you're not the four. So what you were calling you is alcoholism, and you are not alcoholism. Yeah. Self and us are different. 
He says it very clearly, being convinced that self, manifested in various ways, has defeated us. Hey, I'm, we're the us, you know what I mean? And then the selfing, and with a fix with alcoholism, is something other than us. Yeah? And it defeats us. How? I say, this is what I found. You can take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to keep fucking offering it. <laughs> what I found, it's the act of being identified as a self. It's a mental action. Yeah? It's a me- if you, you want me to get into specifics, it's a mental action that claims to have something to do with all the faculties of the body, basically. Yeah? So, actions, I'm the actor. Seeing, I'm the seer. Feeling, I'm feeling. Hearing, I'm the hearer. Thinking, I'm the thinker. Yeah? So, that's his first movement. And then it uses all the processes, like emotions and, and thoughts and this and that, and actions to facilitate a bondage to this idea of self. So, the mind that isn't self gets bonded to the idea of being one, yeah? So it's sort of like, let's say, we're all a very, very huge camera, let's say with a giant lens, open HD vision, just panoramic, 360 degrees, then, but we look through a smaller camera with a very fixed lens, yeah? It sees sees everything as how it pertains to it, which is self-centeredness, if you don't know. Self-centeredness is... You see everything as how it pertains to you. That's self-centeredness. So let's say that lens was locked into that little aperture, and it's got, and it's it's totally it's we think it's a manual, but it's totally automatic camera. It's just shooting from the past, and, and reliving what actually never happened, and projecting it into the future. Already. So here's the big camera. It says, hey, I'm going to look through this little camera, and it looks through the little camera. And something that happens, the big camera, by looking through the little camera, it's it's still looking through a lens and and an aperture, so it says, hey, it forgets itself and takes the identification with the little camera to be it, yeah? So now this huge mind, big M mind, is now looking at life from a very, very small point of view which is the irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And if you don't think you had it, have it, look how much seeking you do every day. What are you looking fucking for if something's not motivating you to look? Yeah? They're seeking like crazy. The whole system of capitalism is based on seeking. They give you a crazy idea. You're lacking. And then they keep playing that in your head. And, you, and they say, well, if you get this, it implies that you're going to be filled. You know? Or you're going to find someone to fill you. That's, that's the deal. And we're out there every day, buying, 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 kissing people's ass to get approved, whatever it is. It's just a lot of commerce going on. To try to get a sense of being someone, because we don't have a sense of what we are. We have a lot of ideas about what we think we are. And a lot of them tend to land, if you want to talk about negative positive, a lot of them tend to be on the negative side, especially with alcoholics. Yes? They're obsessed with self, but that, that self they're obsessed with, something's really wrong with it somewhere. 
And I don't want anyone to find out what I already know about myself. So let's get a really good song and dance, and I'll just have to be tapping my way through fucking life, you know, <laughs> drinking and keeping everyone off. There is a solution. There is. The solution will be what if you and I make it, yeah? If the solution appears to just to go to a picnic and not act out or not to get arrested for a few months, that's how it will be. That will be the effects of the solution. If the mind feels like going a little farther, it can actually recognize it's not that far an installment. So it can be radically free from it, like they describe on page 84 in the big book where the problem will not exist for you anymore. Yeah? And for that to stabilize, it's got to go a little farther, which is it doesn't exist as you anymore. And why doesn't it exist as you? Because it never has existed as you. You just thought it did. You were never a self, and you're never going to be a self. You're just thinking you are one now. Yeah? And it's not enough to think you are one now. It has to think about you in the past and the future to have this, to have this convincing, I was there, and I will be there, because why would I be worrying so fucking much about me if I wasn't going to be there? It would make no fucking sense, would it? So I'm, I have this feeling I'm going to be here. I was here, therefore I am here. That's selfing. Yeah. The self thing can't produce a light because it doesn't have one. It takes yours. And you willingly give it over by becoming identified as it. Seriously. And then it uses you for transportation. uses me for transportation. You don't think so? Look at it. If you had a sociological study, let's say, of the AA populace here, I would imagine, and NA especially, narcotics Anonymous, I would imagine that all these unique characters all these incredibly different ethnicities that many of them parked in the same parking spaces, institution, jails, and death, after a few years of active alcoholism. What's that about? You know what I mean? You've got to see there's one driver, and it likes certain places, and they're not the places you would think you'd like to go, like rehabs, fucking, you know, detention centers, broken relationships, you know, <laughs> restraining orders. It gives it more fuel to drink even more. And that's what it wants you to keep doing, is find an incredible need to have a drink, because that's its fuel. It can act out pretty good, but it can really get flamboyant when it's drinking and using, as you well know. You know, I have jealousy, let's say, as a, as a tendency in this, but if I drink, you know, I'm up on stalking charges in a couple of months. I mean, it gets carried away. I start thinking I have rights that I have no, and the police don't see them as rights either. I think I have rights into other people's lives. You know, suddenly, I crown myself with this authority, which no one else does. <laughs> you have, well, when do we make the leap? The evidence is so obvious. Yeah. The only difference between your thinking and this thinking is nouns. Yeah? There it's, it's, here it's held as Paul, there it's here as Chris. Maybe I have a dog, it's called Biff, this is Vito. It's basically nouns are the only thing that are different. 
It's the same, same yapping going on, and yet we all think it's like K-Paul, a special station, when it's truly just a franchise of unclear station, unclear channel. <laughs> Not clear to unclear channel. We're all broadcasting unclear channel. What we take to be, you know, inspirational spontaneity is a formatted fucking thing. We were not. We don't know. We not know what to do with life, and it is in the fucking face. <laughs> it's been neutered, you know. We're just doing the same old, same old, trying to change locales to make it look different, yeah, or people, or nouns. But it's the same old, same old. You're driven by fear and anxiety that you're not going to get what you want or lose what you have, or you have the shame and guilt of feeling that there's something inherently wrong with you and you did something about it. You made it that way. Some other fucking fanciful thing that we all have, and it's dressed up as a special, unique you know, neuroses you have. It's the same, same mind. Yeah. And the possibility of relief is available, therefore, for all of us, because it's based on the fact that we are not what is driving us crazy. And that's how it drives us crazy. It represents itself as us. So its concerns suddenly become our concerns. Yeah. When you'd like to pay attention to something else, no, your thought system just sucks up your attention to go over how the day was. And you basically, you're out to lunch. And it's running around doing its thing. Who knows why, but who cares? But it's doing it. And you're just sort of disassociated in a large sense. Yeah. And yet when the shit hits the fan, you're left to deal with the fucking thing. The parasite never goes to jail. <laughs> it just goes into hibernation. Then it comes up and then attacks you. Oh, you, you were really fucking crazy getting that coke. Hey, you're the one who told me to get the coke. <laughs> now you're telling me it was a crazy idea. What was it? It just switches seats all day, pontificating, you know, criticizing, critiquing. <laughs> and we can't seem to take our attention away from it. First of all, it's not our attention, because it's about us. And attention and interest is just like a bloodhound. Whatever you take yourself to be, or whatever it is about what you take yourself to be, your interest and attention is going there. It's got the sniff of you, and it just keeps going. Yeah, you won't be able to pull it off. That's why people up at three in the morning, they're going over what they thought they did that day. On and on and on. Are they doing that for anyone else in the fucking world? You know what I mean? Really? Are you? Let me go Stanley. Wake up. What, what was Stanley? What was Stanley doing? Unless I have a resentment towards Stanley, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be going to have thoughts about Stanley at three in the morning. Yeah. But if it's about me, this incredible miracle hybrid of something and nothing put together, me, if it's about me, I'm keenly interested in it, fucking all day. And it really gets, it gets to be a drag when you see people don't have the same gung-ho quality about you as you do. They're, they're, not, they're not really excited about the, 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 the minutiae of your day. Right. Now, people, what the shit they're doing on social media? Oh, what kind of bagels should I get? Get one that goes up your ass. <laughs> You're going to spend time, oh, I think you should get an onion. You had a sesame. It's boring for one person. Why, why fucking put it out there? I mean, 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable. So, like I said, there is a solution. And I mean, I felt the itch last night. I just felt like saying, but I've learned better. I don't say anything yet. Because I could be totally wrong. It just makes a lot of sense to me. If it was a, if my, if it, the sense and the quality of, and the and the value of the sense was based on majority votes, I wouldn't. It wouldn't go well for me. It's just something that's stuck in me that I just know beyond knowing. That's you know, it's in that direction. Just like you can see it in recovery. You know, I'm just using recovery because it's such a beautiful way to describe it. You come in, and then you do an inventory process, and all the inventory process does is move your attention just a little bit, which is, instead of on who screwed with me and why I'm mad, you know, and who and why or what, it just says, what's your role in it? Just that little bit. And there's a lot of relief when you see the same thing that you used to see from one and two. I'm, I'm, I, he fucked with me, and this is what he did. That never got any. I just, I just got more loaded on that, you know. There was no relief there. Just two little columns that what was my role in it produces a huge relief. Why stop there? Take yourself all the way back. You know, let your mind go. See. Well, listen, all right, so I met, I started to read The Course in Miracles, which is an interesting download, a book from the 70s, and it coincided with AA Lut, and they, yet in a lot of their ideas, it took it farther away. Like, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Whoa, but it was the same direction. It just kept bringing you, instead of being this figure who has things that has all this power here, it shows you where the real power is, is in the dreaming of this place, yeah? And that you're there. You're there. Like everything, like physics, they have a simple statement in physics. I don't think they've changed it yet. The biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. So the big influence in any life is the liver of it, really. Yeah? We are the biggest influence. We want to give so much meaning to things as if they're real and they can really lord themselves, their effects over on us. But in fact, we're bigger than that. Because you can see people who've had the same situation that you would call a heinous situation, yet they've all had different experiences under it. Under it. Yeah? So they outshow, they outshine the experience. Yes? We always do. We're always outshining everything in front of us. We're always, we always can outshine it. Yeah, let's put it that way. We can see not to be if certain situations are in place. One of them, identification as a self or as a body. That's going to make us a very, very weak player. Yeah? We're going to be affected by tons of shit around us all day. Yeah? But if you see, if the mind keeps going back and back and back, back and back, you think you're going to know God this way, but you know, you find out God this way. Go back, because you're God, in a sense. Not as an idea you have, but in the actuality of it. You're God. Yeah. If you went and looked for God forever out here, and you found him, it would be right where you'd always been. Literally. If you found God, I'm telling you, you're going to be there. <laughs> and when, when God drops away, you're still going to be there. You're God. 
<laughs> literally, go surf, go find, go everywhere. You sit in those te- hill, you know, mountains and the caves, and if it finally dawns on you, it isn't like God's going to show up, and then you're, and then you're going to, you know, be like this us. It's going to be right where you are. Oh, Jesus! So all those things, like the seeker is the sort. Yes. Like this guy just emailed me. He uh, was having a little, I don't know, a, something about a statement from Ramana Maharshi I use, which is to, I, to know God is to be God. And he says, I'm finding that very hard to make the leap. So then I gave him the cliche answer, well, there's no you to make the leap, and uh, whatever. But then he says, is it sort of like the statement that Jesus was purported to have said, I am the father of one. And I said, exactly. But not as a product of an action, but as a fact. Yeah. All to know God is to be God. Christ wasn't saying he was, oh, hey, Pharisees, look at me. I am in God of one. one." Yes, not none of you, no. (laughs) Every I. Yeah, and God are one. And it wasn't like something that wasn't so once and then suddenly will become so someday. If it does, if it is that way, it's going to become unso again. No, it's always been so. You know? I am the Father of one. Whatever he said, who knows? But you get the spirit of it, yes? It's not like, oh, I worked really hard and then I produced this me being one with Father. No, it's a fact. Hey, we're all that. Yeah? And we're here dreaming that we're not. And for some, we got tired of it. You know, the dream, first of all, especially as you're getting older, you know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe holding out for a special kind of love. When you get older, you know, I don't know how much special love you're going to get. So, I mean, from the object that you want to get it from. Unless you're a rich older person, then maybe for a little bit of time you can, you can buy it, but, you know, then you'll probably piss on that because they don't really like me for who I am. Of course they don't. Who would? <laughs> but, you know... There's delusion keeps us going quite a lot. Just like in recovery, one of the main delusions is that people, even though there's been so much evidence that we're not managerial quality, we say no to that evidence, say, well, I think it's the only problem is I'm just not managing better. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not managing well enough for it to work. So once again, it's on you again. And they'll just keep assuming that they have power when they don't have any power. Yeah? And therefore, they have to experience powerlessness, which is frustration and disappointment, because people aren't doing what you want them to do. Or, you know, like, I really, it's snowing here, and I want a sunny day. Well, too bad. Get your parker on. Because <laughs> it's snowing. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna, you have no power. Yes? So it's the lack of power is the dilemma. But it's only dilemma when you don't recognize the lack of power. If you keep assuming you have power, it's going to be a big dilemma because you don't have any power. Yeah? And you're going to expect to be able to move a mountain and it ain't going to move. Yeah? And you're going to be really frustrated. Then you'll go back and say, well, if I just manage harder, I'll be able to move it. No, we won't. Yeah? 
the, the release is when you admit the lack of power, then you have power. Yeah. You're so afraid of the lack of power, but that's where that's the fixture, that's the outlet, that's where you plug in. You plug into the outlet, outlet of powerlessness, and then you have power. When you keep exerting power, you don't have any at all. Yeah. It's a little paradoxical only to the thought system we're in. It's not paradoxical at all. Paradox is a strange word, because it assumes that something is, doesn't make sense, but what it's, what's trying to make sense of it is a found system. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so when this sees something is paradoxical, I run towards that fucking paradox, because that's workable. <laughs> it's when this thing really gets something, be worried, because this is a failed system, and it's easily, it recognizes its own pretty well. Yeah. Oh, that's failed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but something that works is like, how did that happen? Like giving, you know, you have it by giving it away. Who the hell fuck would have gone for that when you were out there? You know? As a cocaine dealer, I never practiced that. All right, come on, take it. Take all the coke. I'm having it now. No, it wasn't that way. It seemed like <laughs> that never crossed my mind, ever. Not even that, ever. I was in cocaine psychosis and it still didn't cross my mind. I wasn't going to give it fucking to anyone. So, this whole idea is the ideas that come out of the mind when it shifts out of one system, which is a failed system. AA mentions it so clearly, right? Page 67. Why are you in so much fear today? And any day could be today, you know, you just put it down. And he says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So if you follow that logic, self-reliance is a failed system, and our relying on it produces what? Anxiety. Yeah? So we put faith into a failed system, the failed system turns that faith into anxiety. If you allow the faith not to land there and go into something that's more workable, it'll produce an ease and comfort in your life. Same faith, same energy. It's just what vehicle it's put in. And we keep allowing the parasite to put in the, our faith into the failed system over and over again with the hopes, I guess, from the parasitical point of view that it's going to lead us to fuck it and we're going to act out. You know, We'll drink again and then we'll have another fucking field day. You know, it was like an old, an old like a pop star will come back. You know, fucking alcoholism. I've seen it. I've seen it with my first fairy princess. She went out after twenty-one years, and it's been five years of going in and out. It's got to be super old for her by now. Fuck, it's gone to so many rehabs, high ends, low ends, and she can't hasn't been able to have it stabilized again where it was stable for twenty years. You know, I feel very, you know, see a lot of times we take credit for the freedom that's been freely given to us, yes? If you want to call the mystery of it all grace, it's a good name for it. it to honor the grace will probably keep you assured of grace, keep flowing. When you forget the grace and start taking it to be of your own making, it may seem to dry up. Yeah, then you'll be on, you'll be relying on your own wits again, 
and that's going to lead you to a drink or some action that's going to jackpot you, yeah? The easiest way to be relieved of the bondage of alcoholism is to be content, really. If you're satisfied, it doesn't have much to work with in you, yeah? It doesn't. If you're feeling content and at ease, it has, it has to go dig to its old reliable, oh, you'll never meet that woman again. Why better? I've been divorced three times. You know, <laughs> don't run me another one. Come on, oh, well, try to get up, you know? Because it, it really depends on agitation for its ability to affix, yeah? It's got to get your mind agitated for it to lead you to fuck it so then you'll rely on its suggestion, which is, all right, let's get high. We should get some relief for today. Yeah, that's what it does. But if you're content, you've got a leg up already. There's a sort of a strong immunity there. Because, I mean, like someone was talking about uh, at a meeting, just, just for the idea of having a drink, his idea was, well, what would happen if there was a meeting and a guy came in with a gun and a bottle of whiskey and he forced everyone to drink or he's going to shoot them? Do you want a drunk drink that much that you have to come up with that fucking I don't even want to drink I can care less about drinking. <laughs> oh, so that will give me permission to finally drink. Do I want to have it like... Who, who cares about it? I mean, that's the freedom. You just lose total interest in it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not a big deal. I don't see it as anything spectacular at all. I have absolutely no interest in it. That's an unbelievable solution for something that took me over so easily every time. Anytime I had an urge, I tried to follow, follow, you know, I tried to fulfill it. Every fucking time, I had no defense against it. It was, it was waltzing in my life and shitting all over it and doing its thing. It's caught lunch. And yet something put a stop to it, you know. The mind shifted out of that modality. Perfect timing, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it started. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty good. Now it's 27 years almost. 26, March 27 almost. And I'm stoked still. It gets juicier and juicier in a, weird, a lot of weird ways. It really does. You can, now I can understand completely how they would have those situations in temples where the people do the same thing every day for like 30 years. And you think, aren't they fucking bored? But you see them and they're bright and they're content because their mind is free-ranging, you know? And the simplicity just allows it to free range even more. They don't have, you know what I mean? And so they found it's a great path as an expression for mind, you know? You don't look like you're doing anything that important, but the person is, or whatever, it's, they're entertaining some incredible possibilities. And for them, it's a joy. I mean, they take a walk. Like, this is my own experience. I used to go to this one trail five minutes from my house. I've walked it thousands of times, and it's always new every time I do it. It's the same thing, though, the same geographical thing, but my mind is fresh, you know, so I go there, and it fulfills me. I don't have to get in a five-hour car ride to go to some, some, some chasm, you know, in Utah, 
I wouldn't mind, but I don't need a big story to make it seem like something. I can just walk, you know, on this little trail, and it fulfills like a giant trip to the Grand Canyon. You know, what I mean? it's like same same happens. So it's really practical in a sense. I save all that mileage, five minutes. And I can do a lot more that day, like nothing, which I love. <laughs> And I'm taking care of it, and so it's wrapped up in a bundle for about an hour and a half, two hours. And I, it's like I took a whole day, a whole a day of driving into you know the camp out in extreme weather. I'm just it's beautiful because the mind is fresh. The mind's giving everything the meaning it has. The mind will see something new, almost as as if it's making it at that exact moment. You know, I like woodpeckers. I see woodpeckers. I love them. They're really trippy birds. They're my, one of my favorite birds. And there's these big ones, these pectoral woodpeckers. And then this, and I would go to this little walk in Mill Valley, and I would hope I'd run into them. And almost every time I hoped I'd run into them, I'd run into them. Two of them, big ones. And you, can, you get a sense, and you can see them. You can't get too close, but they're big. They're like this big. And I just check them out, and they're just fucking weird animals, birds. And I would think, oh, thank you, you know, it's so lovely. Yeah. You get, and who, does it matter if it's real or not? What's fucking real here? You're making it real, and therefore it's as real as it can be to you. You know, you become your own entertainment center. Stop relying on other people, man. I just make myself laugh all day. The stuff this comes up with, even to this day, is hilarious. How small of a view it has. It's fucking mind-boggling. It's, it's, Let's say you have about 10,000 words a page. Now it has like 12, you know. Pages are sort of dried up. There's not much on there, but it still keeps on trying to present its case all day. <laughs> yes, there's a possibility, bro. If you entertain in a, in a certain way, See, the mind entertains. That's what it does. We're dreaming. Therefore, we're the dreaming, and we're also appearing as the dreamt object that's witnessing the dream. So that's entertaining, my friends. So the mind's entertaining all freaking, all the time, on tons of levels. What happens in this level, you need to have the possibility, usually. Either it has to download, or you've got to hear it from someone else. But the possibility... And then the mind can entertain it, yeah? If it doesn't hear the possibility, it's pregnantly able to entertain, but it doesn't have that to entertain, yeah? So this possibility is you are not what you're thinking yourself to be, yeah? Now the mind lets that in and then starts entertaining it. And you won't believe what can be revealed from that point of view. You'll see the commonality with everybody, Without getting the lovey-dovey, oh, we're all one, you'll see basically what's taken over everybody. Yeah, There's no bodies, but what's taken over all of this is a mental process. One is the self-centeredness, and then we have a specific little subdivision called alcoholism, a fixed on the self-centeredness. And you can see all day what you're not. And in that recognition of what I'm not, that's what I am. That's just the closest I can ever get to it. As being it, yeah? I can only find out about it. And I find out about it by the touchstone of seeing what I'm not, yeah? Because what's seen can't be seen. What's hearing can't be heard. 
Remember this one. What's seen can't be seen. In other words, you are never going to look at you. Yeah? Because if you started to look at you, it would still be you looking. <laughs> yeah? You can never go... Oh, there I am! You know? There's, there's you looking all the time. So that's the funny thing of trying to look for you or the authentic or the truth because it's the truth looking for the truth. Therefore, and it can never go like this and catch itself. <laughs> because it would be it doing it. Yeah? It's, you're never going to win that gunfight. You're never going to see what you are. You're seeing from what you are. Yeah? So get a, just fucking make peace with that. You know? We're all really sucked into the experiential level. That's this dream. And we're addicted to it, really. And this is not offered on the experiential level. You're not going to have an experience of what you are, because you are. Now, it can influence how you experience everything else if you're open to it, which I think is a much better way to go. Instead of trying to look for something that can never be found the way you're looking for it, yeah? Because you are it, yeah? And instead of being addicted to experiences which causes you to stay in this world of duality, instead of being able to go up into a more let's say, singular view. Yeah? So see it. We're addicted to experiences, the mental state. It wants to have experiences. Yeah? And yet it comes to this idea, it would like to have an experience of this, but this is what we are, therefore it's, you cannot have an experience of what you are, yeah, as what you are. You can have an experience of everything else as what you are, but not of it. Yeah. And so many people, they're not going to accept that, so they just want to have spiritual experiences, which are all fucking made up. As, what's a spiritual experience? I mean, is, there's a, is there a different categories? A high spiritual This is a medium spiritual experience. It's like a known republic for spiritual experiences. All right, here's my three months of... These are my spiritual... Check them out. All right, let's see. Okay, that was a good one. That was close. close to a fifth, that's close to a fifth status. I would say it was almost that realization. All right, no, this one, this is just... No, no. All you needed was a baloney sandwich. You didn't, that was just a made-up one. Right? You know, there's no, there's no committee that's going to pass on, oh, oh you're, you're having this. So everything, of course you're having a spiritual experience. It's spirit that's through experiencing it. But... <laughs> I just blows my mind. Spiritual. I had I had a spiritual experience today. But what? <laughs> Which one out of all the millions of spiritual experiences did you have? Which one do you deem spiritual? <laughs> I was pissing. That was spiritual. What? Oh no. That's 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 genitalia stuff. I'm not dealing with that. I was uplifted. I came out of the body as the body, <laughs> as your body identification, having a non-body experience. <laughs> you can't get out of what you're not in, and you can't get not. You cannot get into what you are. <clears throat> you are it. You know. I don't need to get into the moment anymore. I can't be out of a moment. It's an impossibility. I cannot be out of a moment. Without me, there ain't no moment. Oh, I was knocked out. That's all hearsay. 
literally, you know, you get up and the movie keeps going, but it's a movie. Yeah? If you're not there, does anything ever happen to you? No. That's it. On that note, I wish you all a very, very happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas from Zen Bitch Lab. <laughs> <laughs>